Hey, it's six o'clock on Monday night, and you know what that means. It's time for dream infringement with your hosts, Emily, who is me, Jennifer, and Bobby. We like to tell stories and play songs based on a weekly theme. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Jennifer here. I was a teenager while the grunge scene was hitting, and that was the music I was listening to. It perfectly soundtracked teenage angst. But as my musical tastes matured and my angst was projected at different things, I didn't keep up with what those once favorite musicians were doing. But it turns out all this time, they never stopped making music. So I thought I'd check in with them and see how their sound has also matured. So what you'll hear is a song from the 90s and then a current song. You'll hear my takes on old versus new and also Bobby and Emily's. In the years that we've known each other, it's become apparent that I don't like many things, hardly anything. I'm a very harsh critic, but Bobby likes many things. He's far more open to different sounds and concepts than I am. Emily runs more in the middle of our two very different perspectives, so it'll be fun to see what everyone's hot take is on new content from past favorites. Bobby picked the song because I know that this is a band that he really, really loves. Um, when I was a teenager, I think I was listening more to like Better Man and Daughter, perhaps. Um, I think this song choice is kind of funny because no one can understand what he's saying in it, and he's used that to his advantage over the years because they say he changes the lyrics a lot when he sings it live and tells people different stories about what it means and nobody can argue with it. So Eddie Vedder, I've always liked his voice. I think you need a deep, strange sounding, resonant voice to talk about some of these things. And they covered a lot of very serious issues. All right, Emily, I have a question for you. Yes. So my question is regarding this song. Mm-hmm. by Pearl Jam that we just listened to that Jennifer just weighed in on how has Pearl Jam and or this song influenced you or affected you in your life personal life public life in any way what do you what say ye um i really like pearl jam as a whole also great voice very iconic Um, This song in particular also (laughs) makes me laugh because there's a lot of funny TikToks of people mumbling things to this to it because no one knows what he's saying. (laughs) Um, I think it's really funny uh, that Jennifer let us in on his little secret that he just makes things up, which great. Good for him. Like he should. That's a he has a large rep repertoire oh boy repertoire of music and i think that if you are singing in such a way 
where you're mumbling, then that's great. <laughs> you never have to fully remember any lyrics. Um, but I'm just going to read some of the lyrics for this song because it is not anything. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it to me. You have to. This is according to the internet, not according to Eddie Vedder, who I'm sure has nothing to do with the uh, writing, like the recording of the lyrics on online. Um but you you have to if you're gonna say the lyrics you have to do it in the style of Eddie Vedder, Emily. <laughs> no way, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, I'm just I'm just gonna read them. <laughs> Everyone's gonna just hear it in their mind. In my regular voice. But can you pause at least where he pauses? I don't even know I, the the words that I'm seeing. <laughs> I can't even comprehend that they are in this song. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, it, it's like impossible. Carry on. All right unsealed on a porch a letter sat then you said i want to leave it again once i saw her on a beach of weathered sand and on the sand i want to leave it again yeah on a weekend want to wish it all away and they called and i said that i want what i said and then i call out again and the reason (laughs) ought to leave her calm i know i said i don't know whether i'm the boxer or the bag Oh, yeah. Can you see them out on the porch? Yeah, but they don't wave. I see them round the front way. Yeah. And I know, and I know I don't want to stay. Make me cry. It's beautiful. It seems heavy, but also, yeah. like, I don't recognize those lyrics in that song. I I love, um, may, may I um, t- take my oh, turn? Yes, please, Bobby. Tell, tell me what you think. <laughs> um, first of all, that is beautiful, beautiful and poetic lyric, lyric writing. Um, am I the boxer or the bag? I mean, who of us have not asked that very question to ourselves in, uh, in our lowest of lows? Am I right? But in addition to Eddie Vedder's fine uh, lyric writing for his songs, uh, one of the things that Emily has touched on is his iconic voice. Um, I know that there were other grunge bands that were singing in that same style, but one of the things that I absolutely love about Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder, just as a um, as an artist, an in, an independent artist, because he's uh, made his own, you know, his own like albums where it's just him and a ukulele. Um, it's that his voice uh, he has he has transcended what uh grunge style singing is and has made it like this not just a signature but just like a a beautiful um type of singing it's to me it is just as it is equal to operatic style singing it's it, in its in its own right and um that's what i love about it and who of us again in our in a time of um solitude when we are in our you know, when you're in your car, in traffic, on your on your morning commute to your nine to five, and and this song comes on, or any number of songs that you know you're semi familiar with, you don't even have to know the lyrics, but you sing in the style of Eddie Vedder and you belt it out. Who of us can do that? Who can say that we've done that and and not have felt like a grunge rock star with long curly hair and uh flannels hanging off of our our shoulders um it i just i think that um that's those are the there's many more reasons why i like pearl jam but um eddie vetter not just a good singer 
um, not just a, a fine uh, musician and, and songwriter, but just a solid dude. If you get to know him through like information on the internet and see interviews um, of him and just kind of like, uh, you know, get to kind of peer into his, uh, you know, his, his thoughts uh, through those kinds of uh, mediums, it's pretty incredible just how cool he is. Just a just a good guy. Um, I feel like he's a modern day Bob Dylan, just with a message, something to say, and he has found the medium by which he can say it, and um, it moves me. I'm moved. So, well, let's see what Jennifer picked for his um, newer music, and we'll see if that moves you. Yes, Jennifer, sock it to us. So the new song I'm going to play by him was released back in 2019 from their latest album. It was called Can't Deny Me. And they were just about ready to start touring in the summer of 2020, but then the pandemic hit, everything got delayed. Uh, so finally in September 2021, they played their first show since 2018, and they currently are selling out on tour right now. One of the lyrics is, the country you are now poisoning. Is this song about climate change? Like, you can't deny it? I'm not sure. But he definitely is really jamming here. He's got a lot of energy. He sounds really into it. I don't emotionally connect with it, but maybe if I was really angry about something, I would. Because it's like a good power anthem to sing if you're really angry at something. Uh, this style of like singing and like the arrangement and everything for for the music, it it does remind me from one of uh, it reminds me of one of their older albums, Yield. Um, there were some songs that had kind of like that really harsh like beat drop, um, you know, just like marching type of beat that this song has. Um, another thing that immediately came to my mind after listening to this song is it sounds like a bunch of cool dads that are like jamming out in their garage together. Like there's kind of a messiness to it. And again, like some anger, but like the kind of anger that only a dad could like express. It has like the anger of, of someone who has changed diapers and put kids like, you know, in like through college and um is kind of also angry at the man so um all those things yeah so that's my impression yeah i i um can't see myself like listening to this all the time and feeling it's not a feel-good song that's for sure but uh indy our youngest son frequently asks to listen to a type of music called hot metal which I'm pretty sure he made up. Um, but if I was going to play hot metal, I think I might, I, if that was real, I, I think it would be this. So I think I might play this for him. He really likes that harder sound. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to rate it on a scale out of 10 because that's just how I feel like doing things tonight. And um, I'm going to give it a, a uh, five out of 10. 
right in the middle. What about on a, a scale of uh, a grunge-tastic scale from one out of ten? A grunge-tastic scale? Yeah, like how grungy is it? Oh, ten out of ten. <laughs> it's a ten for grunge. So what was that first scale? The first scale? Oh, the first song? The first scale that, that you, you said at a, one out of ten, I would rate it a five. Is that oh, how that, likely you would be to rock out to it, to listen to it? That's just how much I like enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, how likely would it would this song be to have gotten to get on your uh, like your workout mix? <laughs> Probably a three. <laughs> okay, you have well, you have ver- many varying scales. I <laughs> how likely would you be to use this song in um, oh a quinceanera? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. I feel like we've learned a lot about Emily tonight. <laughs> well, we spent a lot of time with Pearl Jam. So let's see what Jennifer chose next. Yes, let us see. The Cranberries were an Irish rock band that was formed back in 1989. I was surprised they were considered grunge, but the internet tells me so. Most of their songs are much softer. Not this one that I'm going to play for you though. This one came out in 1994 and it is called Zombie. Wow. You can't mistake the musical lead-in in this song for anything else. It's a song about the trauma of war, and you can tell it's sung from a very deep place. Her voice is so delicate, and I love how they got this fierce, angry, tortured sound out of her for this song. The contrast is just so solid. And the lyrics, though they have a historical or political element, they still have a deep emotional and relatable component that people can connect with. I feel like this is one of the masterpiece songs of the times. And I feel like it still stands today. I hear covers of it and people are still playing it. This is a great, great grunge choice, Jennifer. I also would not have thought of the Cranberries as a grunge band, but clearly this song, it's clearly grunge. Um, I also really loved the juxtaposition of like how her voice can be so soft and sweet and then um, really like angry and intense. I think that's really cool. So I am going by my own personal liking scale and I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I love that you're using this scale. I had no idea you were planning on using. I don't really know. I didn't really know what kind of a scale it was. I didn't know I was going to do a scale either, but I feel like it, because I can't just be like, oh, I like it. I like it. I feel like I need to let people know like how much I like it uh-huh. on a scale. Wait, what was your rating again? It was a 9 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know what makes a 10 for you in like grunge songs, uh, but I'm excited and I my my uh, anticipation is tingling, just uh, wanting to know what will make a ten. Yeah, maybe we'll find a ten tonight. 
<laughs> maybe uh did you have anything more to say on the cranberries i just really love them and i'm very sad that the lead singer passed away i it makes me really sad yeah she yeah emily's barely keeping it together saying that it it, it is sad uh definitely lost someone very special to the musical scene especially someone so influential uh not just with like 90s music um and for a particular genre uh but just uh influential in in our lives having grown up in the 90s and and having the cranberries just a part of the uh musical mosaic that we all took for granted because we were just young people existing in the 90s and you don't really know what you got till it's gone uh but also i wanted to speak to uh just the uh the cranberries influence on pop culture because they stand out as like this very unique band where they're like irish with a female front person uh, at a time when uh, the genre of grunge didn't have a lot of female uh, singers um, and so she lent a voice to you know to like where she was from to the era to the uh, the type of of singing and uh, and I think that it's so cool when artists uh, when they have accents and their accents are not downplayed in their singing. Uh, I think that it's great when they just like lean into it and they don't try to disguise it to sound like, you know, an, an American uh, accent. And I think that that's one of the coolest things about the Cranberries is that you can like, you can hear uh, that fla- that like Irish flavor I guess in 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 her you know in her singing so yeah it tastes just like corned beef and cabbage Mm -hmm. um I I don't know if that's stereotypical or not so on that note let's kick it over to Jennifer and she can lead us in introducing some new stuff by the Cranberries So the Cranberries released an acoustic album titled Something Else that was released in 2017 that had re-recordings of some of their old songs and three new songs. And they were supposed to tour, however it got cancelled due to Dolores O'Riordan's health and then tragically she passed away in 2018. Um, I'm playing the song Why? Tell me that you're not feeling lonely Somewhere in between where and why I will wait for you Will you wait for me? Her voice really held up well. I mean, that's about 22 years between the previous song and this song it sounds like in some ways it's even gotten better like she has a little bit more vocal control but she still she sounds almost exactly the same and that's credible I feel like the song plays it a little safe and I want like a little more like emotion 
I want to tease a little bit more emotion out of it, um, but it still makes me feel really nostalgic, and I think it's a really solid song for them for one of their singles from their what would be final album. I thought this song was really beautiful. She has just an incredibly lovely voice, and it's so unique. I don't think I've en- ever heard anyone sing quite like her. Um, the song... I enjoyed it, but it did make me rather sad. Yeah, it made me sad too because, you know, obviously she passed away um, a few years ago and for this to be like the the last, you know, collaborative work of the the cran- of, you know, Cranberries uh, to see the light of day, um, there's something very like uh, meaningful in that. Uh, especially because they you know they write music that you can tell comes like comes from somewhere deep within and that's why we have fallen in love with the cranberries because they play music that comes from deep within and we can relate to that because at the time that we were listening to it if we had ever uh, experienced adversity or struggle or pain and we were millennials or gen xers um, or someone from any other you know generation where it just like resonated with them uh, you connect with that and um, it doesn't matter you know where what what era the music is from you just you connect with heart and uh, and I love that I love that about the cranberries they never stopped uh, playing uh, from the heart and you can hear that in this song and then in there's in another song that's like you know what 30 something years previous so thank you cranberries now emily will weigh in with her scale where this lands on her scale of just what if she liked it her liking scale uh, scale of liking things <laughs> Yeah, my likability scale. Yes. Oh, that sounds it's like people who like me, though. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to give this song a 7 out of 10 because sometimes I like sad songs, but this one just makes me too sad. Just a little too sad. But I also acknowledge that it's a fantastic song. Yeah. So that's why I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Okay, so this last Cranberry song, 7 out of 10 on Emily's likable scale. Emily, how would you rate chocolate? Um, It depends on the kind, but in general, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Okay. Now, how would you rate shoehorns? You know, those wooden things that look like kind of like clogs or like wooden feet that you put within, put inside shoes to maintain the form of the shoe. How would you rate shoehorns? Well, a shoehorn is the thing that you slide your foot in to get the shoe on. Oh, I thought that I thought the shoehorn was the thing that you put in the shoe. Okay, no. okay, let's go back. Rewind. Okay. How would you rate shoehorns, Emily? The thing that you use to make putting your shoe uh, on easier. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10 because, sure, it might help you get your shoe on easier, but it doesn't look like a horn. Okay, 3 out of 10. Now, my last one, okay, how would you rate the human nose? 
like its function or your scale is likability okay so you please apply your scale of likability to the human nose 10 out of 10 for sure i feel like they we all need them we all need noses very good thank you for that emily again learning much more about emily uh not just as you as listeners but me as her co-host on the radio and also co-host in life yes we made our co-hosting permanent that's right emily and i we've gotten married and we are spending the rest of our lives together uh co-hosting this thing called life so something maybe if you didn't know now you do I like that you like to remind the listeners that we're married every every few episodes. <laughs> I think it's important that they know this and that uh, they hear it in a creative way. So, so now Jennifer is going to hit us with yet another grunge uh, artist band group that uh, is popular. Uh, in the gr- field of grunge. So, Jennifer, sock it to us. Bush is an English rock band that formed in London in 1992. The song that I'm playing is Swallowed, which came out in 1996. The guitar work is really catchy on this song, and Gavin's sort of gravelly, desperate voice made up for the fact that there really isn't a lot to the lyrics. And I think a lot of his songs are like that. He's just saying words, and we're like, sure, okay. You know, and in the 90s, Gavin Rossdale, he was a looker. There, I said it. It was a feast, not just for the ears, but for the eyes. He was. I had never heard this song before, and I I loved it. I loved the hook. I loved the the uh, the music. Um, it somehow kind of reminded me of Colin Malloy from the Decemberists, and then I really wanted to hear Colin Malloy sing this song. Like, because like cover it. yeah because i feel like that would make it a complete 10 out of 10 for me but i'm gonna give this one a 9 out of 10 for likability in my mind i'm gonna listen to it again i'm gonna put it on our liked uh songs on spotify it's a great song if thank it, you jennifer if it makes it on the like list on our family's spotify account then you know it's made it you know it's made it to the top in the Castillo family. Yeah, to the top. Yeah, I, I Gavin Rosdale is like was always super cool, cool to me. Like he has this kind of silent, introverted coolness about him, and his voice, I in my mind, sounded like 
like a musical instrument like to me it was equal to like an electric guitar or like a drum um like a, a drum set uh so yeah his his voice is definitely unique it it is there's no there's no bands no groups no like no other singer that i can think of that like can capture what he is laying down uh in his band bush and also um he was with gwen stefani before gwen stefani was with that um country singer which I Blake Shelton I did not want to un- utter his name. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, and I know that there's a lot that goes into like reasons why relationships just like don't make it, and I'm sure there's a whole story behind that. And if you are, you know, in any way following like celebrity gossip and know exactly why they broke up, and you're screaming it at your radio right now, that's fine. That is okay. But like in my mind, I thought it was really cool that Gwen Stefani, before she became this like mainstream uh, major network uh, singing contest coach, before she was that, she was just a very eccentric ska uh, musician, singer. And I thought that was really cool that she ended up with like this very gritty gravelly sounding grunge rock star they were like the ultimate 90s power couple in my mind and then they weren't so 10 out of 10 in my disappointment scale that situation (laughs) but 10 out of 10 in my likable scale as well emily so something we finally can agree on I think I gave it a 9 out of 10. Okay, well, I guess there's something we finally cannot agree on. It's real close. (laughs) Would you say like 9.5? 9.5. Oh, wow. Okay, that's pretty high. We may never reach 10. Who's to know? Oh, maybe I'm in the 10. I've taken that place. Oh, yeah. You're a 10 out of 10 for sure. (laughs) Is that why why you can't give anyone anything a 10, 10 out of 10? It's true. Nothing compares to you. I'm in the 10. All right, Sinead O'Connor. So now we will move on to new stuff by Bush. Take it away, Jennifer. As far as their latest musical release, um, let's see, in March of 2020, they released a new single called Flowers on a Grave. So here is Flowers on a Grave. The title sounds really dramatic, doesn't it? Maybe Gavin found his words. See if we like them. The sadness is the emptiness With shadows in the rain She covered me in loneliness Like flowers on a grave I think the guitar work is really solid in this song They definitely sound a lot more polished than they did in the 90s. Uh, Gavin's voice sounds really auto-tuned to me, and I feel like he's getting overpowered by the music. He's not as gravelly. Maybe years of singing like that took a toll, but he still has the deeper voice. Uh, He definitely seems more world-weary listening to him now, though I imagine it's hard to write 
sort of new content when you've been doing it for 20 years. It, it was okay. It didn't really hit for me, though. It wouldn't be on my personal music rotation. Yeah, I agree with you, Jennifer. As we were listening to the song, I, I said that his voice sounded very auto-tuned and like electrically <laughs> modified in some way. And it just, it kind of took me out of the the song experience. Um, but I did like the melody. I think, again, it had a really great hook. And it's hard, but not so hard that it's unenjoyable. Um, but for me, on my, my likability of song scale, it's going to be a, it's going to be a four out of 10. Was I? Yeah, I, um, it, I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mainstream, like really heavy rock that you would hear on a modern rock station. And I'm, I, I don't, it's not something that is really, that my ear is, tends to be drawn to because it just, it sounds like very angry and kind of um, like it lacks like deepness and soul. Uh, and, and it, it sounds very similar to like, like a lot of groups sound very similar to each other, just like a lot of angry men saying angry things in an angry way to angry music um and this isn't like right there down the middle of what i just described but it's like it's dangerously close to that for me um it, it, the message may not be angry the message may be like you know very deep but uh but yeah the style of of singing like it seems like he's slowly He's very ever so like ever ever so uh, uh, carefully has like kind of inched away from the style of singing that we all came to know Bush, uh, you know, to to have at the beginning of their you know of their musical career, and um, I don't know, it's a li it's it's a little too different for me. Um, and and hasn't evolved in a in a direction that I feel entirely comfortable with, so um, I don't know. So, uh, but I do applaud him for still being in the game, and um, and his voice is still really cool sounding. Like you can hear echoes of like 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 new like er, I guess original Bush. You can hear echoes of that. Are you sure those weren't just echoes from the auto-tune? No, not echoes from the auto-tune. Uh, but yeah, I, I do I do like Bush still. I'm not going to like knock them for like still making music. I think that's awesome. Uh, so, And I'm not going to weigh in on my rating, on my likable scale. I, I, don't, I don't really like to do that. <laughs> Sorry, but I def you definitely will hear that song at a quinceanera. I guarantee you. What? Oh, okay. Well, we're we're reaching the tail end of our show, and I ha we feel like this is going to be a two parter because we have more grunge songs to discuss. 
And so maybe we'll do this again next week. Maybe even a three-parter. Who's to know? Maybe our entire show is just going to be grunge songs and what we think about them. No, don't worry, Miriam. It's not. It's not. We'll go back to the sweet stuff. It's okay. And we appreciate you for, you know, sticking to it and listening to the whole show all the way through. Um, you know, if you're not a huge grunge fan, then maybe this was hard for you. And maybe you just mostly enjoyed, you know, the banter. Um, in which case, we applaud you for your patience. Uh, but um, you love our show, and we appreciate that. And because you love our show, we love you, all of you listeners out there, just uh, hanging on to the sound waves. So <laughs> That made it sound like we only love them if they love us. That's how this works, Emily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, stick around for Sophia Blanton and her world music show. She's coming up next. And yeah, I guess we'll just, we'll see y'all next week. All right. Bye. Bye.